everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today, I have with me Robert A. Bell. Robert is a transformational speaker, author, and ACCA qualified accountant. He helps people who feel stuck in their career or life journey to break away from the norm to find new paths that reveal their true value. He is on a global mission to help individuals who feel inferior and have given up on their dreams to think freely, create unapologetically, and live abundantly. He focuses on dismantling the line between licensed professionals and the creative world. So welcome, Robert. Thank you so much for having me, Larissa. Very excited to be here. Yes, I was uh, reading a little bit about you and I'm, I'm quite fascinated by what you do. So can you share some of your story and the path that's brought you here? Yeah, sure. Uh, my story is that I have been a chronic misfit <laughs> all through my life. Um, I was just that student in class who had the questions, who was just, just, just always this misfit. Um, even physically, you know, I just, 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 I was just always a misfit, always being like the odd one out and really desiring and yearning to be like everyone else. Why can't I just be in quotation marks normal? And I struggled with that for many, many years. And I got, I studied accountancy and I even struggled to be an accountant or the persona of an accountant. Very good with numbers, very good at the technical aspect of it. But I struggled of doing the mundane routine stuff. So I've, I've just been a misfit. Somehow, <laughs> at one point in my life, I decided I'm going to stop fighting to be a misfit and just accept myself for the way I am. Now, I want to note that I didn't come to this acceptance point out of um, intentionality, but it was more of like giving up. I was like, all right, I give up trying to fit in. I give up trying to be like everyone else. I'm just going to be this weird misfit for the rest of my life but as I started to embrace it I started to enjoy it as I started to embrace it I started to enjoy it as I started to practice it and own it I started to love it and when I started to love it I started to flourish then I started to flourish in my career in my personal life I was like you know what I I don't have to be like everyone else it's so boring uh so that that's that's been my story that got me to here because I just decided you know it wasn't intentional first and I decided I'm gonna stop fighting to fit in and instead accept that I'm meant to stand out. So I've just always been looking for my own path, trying to get my strengths and really having that heart to heart conversation with myself and saying, look, what are you good at? What are you not good at? Where do you need to develop? Where do you not need to develop? So just, just working with myself, accepting myself and building on myself. Um, so I transitioned, well, I'm still an accountant, but I, I just had this desire of helping other accountants to be creative. This is like 10 years ago at the time of this recording. And it was something unheard of because I just told them, look, you know, automation is coming. You can't just be doing punching numbers every day, every day. You have to, you know, live outside of the persona of your profession. And that's what got me to this path. Like you read in my intro that my goal is to 
dismantle the line between licensed professionals, you know, just take off that badge of being a lawyer and being a doctor and also just look behind and see that you're a human being who has, you know, wonderful things about you. I love that. As someone who works with people to step into their most authentic self, I love that story because, you know, you stepped into that and then now you help other people do that. And when you think of accountant, I know because I I had wanted to be an accountant at one point. Um, You think of accountant and you're just like, yeah, it's that day by day, you know, sitting in front of the numbers and which I was great at, um, but I couldn't imagine myself doing that. So the fact that you were able to step out of that box and, and expand on that is amazing. Yeah. So thank you, Larissa. And, and it's true because as an accountant, you can get caught in that, in that routine. And I've always been an advocate that accountancy or finance is, is about storytelling. That, that's the part that I'm on. I've really been talking about that a lot on a very global platform that accountancy is, is about telling a story. So go look for the story behind the numbers, right? You don't have to limit yourself to, mechanically doing that you've got to look for the numbers yeah the story sorry behind the numbers I love that part about the stories that's absolutely true so what does healing with creativity mean to you so healing with creativity I mean as I answer that I think it's important that we also just re-emphasize that what creativity isn't you know creativity is not just a painting that's behind you it's not just writing a book it's not just you know singing a song right I say that creativity, I like your words that step it into your, you know, true authentic self. For me, creativity is an identity extractor. I don't think there's anything else in this life and in our human existence that can extract our identity such as creativity. So when it comes to healing and creativity, creativity helps us to own and take back our true identity. Too often, we exchange our, our innate and innermost and natural authentic identity for a licensed professional. You know, I, I'm using that as an example because that's that's what I did. So I put everything apart and I wanted to take on the persona of an accountant. I even wore glasses. I, I, I went to the extent of doing lasers, laser surgery so I don't have to wear glasses anymore. I was like, I am done being Clark Kent. I am ready to be my Superman, you know, and just tap into my superpowers, right? So creativity and healing just takes us back from that wound, you know, that, that wound of losing our identity, that wound that we we take on and we've accepted as it's so normal in life just to take on another persona that I want to be a senior partner in my law firm. So I have to be mean, I have to be tough to my juniors and to my associates. No, creativity helps us to just get back in touch with that human side of things and extract our identity, extract what's so beautiful about us and extract what's so powerful. It's not just about being beautiful. Creativity for me and healing is about power right? There's power behind creativity. And that power is the power to be you, the power to accept you, and the power to find you. Many of us don't take, don't have the power or the time or the energy to find ourselves because we we get lost. We've been lost in this world, trying to be a mom, a dad, a a sister, and all kinds of people, but we've forgotten what it was to be us, you know, not from a selfish perspective, but more from a giving perspective. So when, when we embrace creativity, we heal the wounds that we were not enough before the job, before the title, before the accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you're saying that, you know, even with what you started with, I often say, you know, creativity is not about painting that masterpiece or writing that novel, you know, that sort of thing. Creativity is in everything we do. And that's a perfect example because it allows us then to become who we are meant to be. And, and I think that's so important. So what inspires you in the work you do? 
absolutely is transformation. I mean, seeing that transformation, seeing people accept themselves. You know, what inspires me in my own life is that I can go to sleep at peace. Despite whatever is going on, despite me failing at my work or not hitting my targets, I can still go to sleep at pe with peace because I know I can figure it out somehow. I can look for help, right? Uh, because creativity helps me to realize that it's not the end of the road. You know, I can pick myself back up. I can try again. I can get a different perspective. So what motivates me is just that ability, that continuous progression, that transformation. And of course, what I see in my clients and in my, my coaches, the people who I coach, that really inspires me. I mean, just had a session the other day of people who have worked with, for, you know, for the last year, and I just brought them all together in a group session. And, you know, there was just a lot of tears because of the growth, you know, and hearing people confess that I was not this way six months ago. I was not this way one, one year ago. And I was just telling them I feel such like a great, a proud parent because they are encouraging others who are in going through that struggle, particularly within the finance um, um, profession. And I was just like hearing you guys speak with such authority and with such confidence, just, just, just really lifts my spirit. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I say that all the time because I, that, that's what keeps me doing what I do is having those, watching other people have those aha moments, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So what creative healing modality do you use the most for yourself? That's a, that's a difficult one. Um, I can't pinpoint one. I find each, I'll, I'll give you three because each one has serves its purpose. Number one definitely is journaling. Oh, that, that modality just works for me, writing it down. Clarity of thought, right? So it's not just about the exercise of it. And sometimes we go through creative modalities looking for an outcome, looking for an output, but I enjoy the process because the process is very catharsis, you know, it, it just helps me to clarify my thoughts and see what's going on. And closely aligned to that is meditation. Meditation, but specifically in terms of visualization, I, I just love thinking of a better opportunity, thinking of a new dream, a new goal. I, I get excited. I'm a hopeless dreamer, as I say. So I love dreaming, daydreaming thinking, having conversations with people like, hey, whatever, we can do this, you know, do that. And then lastly, this one may not sound like a creative modality, but for me is exercise, right? And it's not exercise trying to hit a particular target or whatever. It's again, the process, uh, hiking, getting out in nature, that kind of exercise. It doesn't mean going to the gym and lifting weights per se, although that does help me because I get a lot of ideas when I've gone through that process of getting rid of the stress um, and you know, there's a lot of neuroscience behind that, that we get more oxygen to the brain, we take deep breaths. So that for me is a wonderful creative modality. So those three together, I have to do one or some version of each every single day. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting that you say that because that, those are actually on my list of, you know, five best healing <laughs> creativity tools. So I think that's wonderful. Um, and I, I have a meditation and journaling class every morning so that uh, we start our day that way so that we can, you know, get started in a positive way. And it is so important. So important. So what would you say you're the proudest of in your life? Whoa. <laughs> so difficult to find one thing, one um, moment. But when I do look at my life and the moments that I feel so proud, I try not to look for an occasion where I've gotten an award or it's some sort of performance-based output. That's one thing I would say. I try to have that separate. Yes, I can access my um, performance and so on, but I don't want to do that because I don't want to be tied to 
the applause of others. So the proudest thing I could say in my life is my progression. That's what I can say. Because only I know my story. I mean, I can write about it. I can tell you about it. But you don't know the pain. You don't know the tears. And too often I find I do this with my coaches a lot. Let's look back at where you're coming from. Like, don't ever take that for granted. Don't ever take those steps that you've made. And that's what I do. I, I go back. As I said, journaling is one of my creative modalities. I go back to journals from five years ago. I look at it. I'm like, what? Like, I was there? Like, these were my thoughts? This is, wow, this is a real transformation. So that for me is just the proudest, just seeing that, you know, the, the, that step in my life. I'm being selfish, but it is the proudest thing about my life. It's just seeing that progression because it fuels me to go forward. It fuels me to continuously recreate myself, reinvent myself and keep pushing play. And I share this with people a lot. It's so strange that you can find an a superstar athlete, a, a Grammy award-winning musician, uh, a guild screenplay actors, uh, someone who's won, you know, accolades, could, could get to the point where they sit and say that I feel like a failure in life. You know, that's, that's always mind-boggled me. I was like, how could you say that? Like, have you seen what you've accomplished? And that's the point. We don't see what we accomplish because we're always looking at that external validation. So for me, the proudest moment, very long answer to a short question. <laughs> it's just the progress I've made in my life. Well, I think that's that's so true because when we when we can look at where we were and where we are, as opposed to what's happening in the moment, you know, um, because often, you know, bad things happen and then we're like, oh, everything's horrible. But think about where you've come from and where you're, you know, how far you've come. And it's like, okay, this is a moment in time that maybe a bad thing is happening, but what you've accomplished up to here is amazing. And it's so true. I mean, every day that you put a step forward and keep growing and changing is, is an accomplishment. So, yeah. Yeah. Larissa, if I can just add, that's why one of my creative modalities is exercise. Because when I look at, whoa, I, I, I couldn't even run one mile. I used to walk it. Then I used to sprint. You know, it reminds us like, well, this has become so much easier. That's transferable energy, transferable skills into other aspects of my life. So I love those progress, you know, and it's not just about taking pictures for Instagram or whatever. You take pictures for to, to, to you know, motivate yourself so you can see yourself. It's so difficult for us to see ourselves objectively. Yes, that is so true. That is so true. So this is a question I ask and every woman I've asked has said yes. Um, most of the men, I won't say all of the men, but most of the men have said yes. But have you ever struggled with imposter syndrome? And if so, you know, how have you gotten through that? I have a very different answer to this question. And whenever I go on a podcast, <laughs> you know, people tend to highlight that I don't struggle with imposter syndrome. Um, I don't like that framing um, because struggling sort of denotes that it's, it's, it's a losing battle. It's a fight. I actually have a relationship with imposter syndrome. And I think imposter syndrome is not all negative. There's some very positive aspects to imposter syndrome, right? Because, hey, imposter syndrome is like you don't feel like you're yet, you know, you're stepping into some shoes that you've never stepped in before. So you feel timid. You feel, and those emotions are great and healthy to have because it reflects and signals to us that, hey, you're stepping into a new realm. you got to step your game up. You know, it's how we respond to it. And that's why I say, I have a relationship with imposter syndrome. So it's how I respond to it. Um, I wouldn't say I struggle with it. It definitely pops its head up. It definitely comes up. And I have conversations with my imposter syndrome monster. You know, I, I sit and I speak to it. I was like, okay, so Robert, why do you feel like this? 
right? And usually when I dig into those thoughts, it's because of just some expectation that I've put on myself, right? No one has told me anything. And just the high expectation of not willing to fail and to learn. And, and it's strange because I'm a champion of creativity. I have to constantly remind myself that you're not going to get it right the first time. The biggest disservice we can ever do to ourselves is expect us to get things right the first time. It's expect us to learn without falling, expect us to learn without crying, expect us to learn without some sort of failure. So I, I don't struggle with it. I, I enjoy it because it reminds me of the, the areas that I need to work on. And, and you're right. A lot of women struggle with it. Um, for us men, it, it's strange. We, that's why I say we, I don't struggle with it because you can have a job advert and nine out of 10 ladies fully qualified for that role will not apply. Nine out of 10 men who are not even half qualified for that role will apply <laughs> because of this level of confidence or courage, you know, willing to, to just put myself out there. Right. So for those, for the ladies who are listening, you know, you, you got to just put yourself out there. Don't expect, don't put too much pressure on yourself to get it right. The first time you could be a mom, you, you're not, you're going to get it. You're not going to get it right. The first time, but be willing to learn, you know, have someone to hold your hand, you know, just thought I pop that in <laughs> into my response. Yes. And I, I love that. I love that um, perspective on, on imposter syndrome and embracing it. And it, you know, it's a part of growing and changing, right. Is to have that conversation with it. Okay. Why am I feeling this? Okay. It's because this is new. This is something I haven't done before. Okay. Well let's do it anyway. You know? So I think that's really important and a lot can learn from that. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, the opposite end of that spectrum, when you totally ignore imposter syndrome is that you set you set yourself up for even a bigger failure because you you you're blindsided. You're blindsided like I can get this done. You know what? Podcasting, I can just hit record. I don't need to write my script down. You know, cocky and overconfident. And then you, the, the the fall is usually harder. You know, when I go in, at least I have my script and I messed up a few words. Like, all right, I got eighty percent right. I'll get it right the next time. You know, don't beat yourself up. So you gotta you gotta watch both extremes of that. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. So do you have an inspirational quote or a motto that you live by? Several, uh, several. I, I think right now what's top of my mind is Henry Ford. If you think you can or you think you can't, either way you're right. You know, just the power of thoughts, the power of what we think, right? If, if you think you can't do something, you, you know what, you're right, right? No one is going to force you and change your mind, right? You have to think I can do this, you know, or you got to think that I'm not ready yet, um, but I'm going to make an attempt uh, and, and, and um, self, selfish promotion, you know, out of that, I got my own quotation, you know, that being ready is, is not a position you take. It's first a decision that you make, right? So you, you just got to decide I'm ready and ready doesn't mean you have everything and all the ducks in a row. It means you're ready to take on that monster, you know, hold that with both hands firmly and you just take the shaking step, right? So that's what it means to be ready. So if you think you can, or you think you can't, uh, either way, you're right. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And, <laughs> you know, I think we, we talk a lot about mindset these days, right? It's a big part of uh, all the work that I think most of us do because it is so important because whatever you believe is what what is really going to happen for you. So you have to change that belief system. So yeah, absolutely. So I see you have a free gift for our listeners, uh, a download to learn about the creative journey. And can you just explain what that is? Yep. Um, so I took some time just to create a very small PDF document, about six pages, 
just to remind us that, you know, the creative journey and, and harnessing our creativity, reclaiming our creativity, because it doesn't matter who you are listening to this podcast, you are creative, you have the ability to be creative, but it's not uh, do this, do that, and then you'll be certified as creative, right? You, it's a cycle. You've got to keep going round and round. So I created this just to remind um, people that, you know, these are the steps or uh, the general stages involved in, you know, enhancing your creativity, upscaling your creativity. So I'm offering it for free to all the listeners and viewers of this podcast. Excellent. Well, we'll make sure we share the link for that. So I want to thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed today? I'll just add one more thing. Um, When it comes to healing, when it comes to creativity, I think the most fundamental skill, the most fundamental tenant of it is courage. Um, It's not about having all the right tools, having the best teachers. It's courage, right? Healing takes courage. It's a very courageous journey because you have to acknowledge where the wound is and you have to acknowledge that you're not going to let it hold you down. You're going to pick yourself up and you're going to keep going. So just encourage everyone to embrace courage and heal yourself creatively. Oh, I think that's so important. So thank you again for being here. Um, I think our listeners will get a lot from, from what you had to say. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me. To our listeners, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day? Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.